Good morning, church. <clears throat> I'm going to sit this one down today. It's been about ten days of everything that could possibly attack my body has decided to do that. About last Sunday, you know, I was preaching on cough drops at upper respiratory. <laughs> I thought I got over that, which I think I did. And then the old flu bug wanted to hit me about two or three days ago. So I've been in bed, you know, doing nothing but laying in bed and watching reruns of Mayberry and <clears throat> bored out of my mind. But the good news is I have already now reached my weight loss goals for 2020 because I haven't been eating anything. So, <laughs> so I don't know what to do next. Uh, I'm going to have to redo my uh, my resolutions for for this uh, next year. But anyway, if you notice, I uh, I got my Kansas City Chiefs socks on. <clears throat> Somebody told me they're not watching the game because I guaranteed a victory. I wouldn't after what my college team did. I wouldn't bet on anything that I say. But <clears throat> we're looking forward to to that game this afternoon. So anyway, um, that, yes. Um, several things that I want to I want to talk about over the next few weeks, um, but I've kind of scaled it back today. I'm going to be brief with you today, since I took all your time last week, and uh, I don't know how much time I will have up here anyway. Uh, you know how I feel today, but um, I want to show you uh, a, a, a hidden gem that, that I believe is found in the Old Testament. Again, we're talking about the year 2020, 2020 vision. And what we need to be thinking about, not only personally, but in our families, but in addition to that, this particular church. Bottom line is this. Um, To grow ultimately means to what? To change. If I'm going to grow, it means I need to change. There's no growth without change. If, if, if we don't change, we just continue doing the same thing that we've always done. So I want you to look quickly at um, Habakkuk chapter 2. I told you this was a hidden gem. And let's make some comments on this. And we'll be done this morning. <clears throat> Here's what he says. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to what he will say to me and what, and what I will answer concerning my complaint or what he will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord replied this, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that he may run so that he may run who reads it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of an end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, and it will certainly come and and will not delay. You know, Habakkuk is a prophet that was experiencing at the time of, 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 um, of the Jewish people Difficult times, persecution, evil. God's people aren't responding to him. God, what is going on? God, what is wrong? God, will you never answer? 
So he made those complaints to the Lord. And God answered him. And of course, you know what God's going to say to his people when they stray from him. But there are several things in this uh, in these few verses that I think are worth thinking about that I think are very applicable to us, not only again personally, but family-wise, business, but as a church. And the first thing is that he starts out with, I will. That's the beginning of all change in a person's life. I will. When you come to that point in your life, you say, I will do it. You say, look, I want to, I, I, this is what I want to accomplish, and this and this and this, and somebody comes along and says, now here's what you have to do. You do this and this and this. You say, I will. You know when you're ready to make the change when you're able to say, I will. You don't say, well, oh, let me think about it. Well, now that sounds just a little too tough. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. You know when you're ready when you say, I will. So I'm always, especially with my two boys, they'll say, well, I'm, I'm thinking about, and I say, well, no, what do, we, what do you mean you're thinking about? You've got to change your vocabulary. Well, I'm going to try. I said, no, 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 don't, no, no. Change that sentence. And they always laugh. At, okay, Dad, I will. There's something powerful about saying, I will. Whatever it takes to get to that point, I will. By God's help and everything that He's given to me, I will do it. And that's where He starts off. But, but the I will is this desire for something better. It's this desire for something more. It is... It goes directly against settling for, for status quo. Right? Now, Habakkuk is going to hear this. He's going to figure this out because he's made his complaint to God, and he's putting himself in the position to say, hey, I will. God, I know that I have been difficult, and I've said some things, and I really do want to know, and whatever you have to say to me, I will. So as you're thinking about the year 2020, whatever realm that is within consideration, you start with that particular mentality. I will. I will. Now what he says is, I will stand at my watch post and I will station myself on the tower. Right? Now these words, um, stand on the watch post or on watch, when you break down the Hebrew there, it's, uh, it's defined as a, a fenced place, a secret place, a solitary place. It's a place basically where it's just you and God, or you and your thoughts. You and you alone are in this position, right? which is, for most of us, a challenge. We don't like to be alone. We like to be where the noise is and where the activity is, right? That's the world that we live in. It's a world of busyness and noise and radio and internet and other people and talking. And we want to stay busy. And one of the reasons why we like to stay busy is so that we don't encounter I've said the discipline, the spiritual discipline of silence is one of the most difficult that we can ever practice. 
Because the moment we try to get quiet is when the loudest noises begin to take place. If you know what I'm talking about, nod your head. It's like the enemy said, no. I'm just going to get quiet before the Lord. Oh, man. What am I going to do for lunch? Oh, boy, you know, the, the, the children are coming over next week. What am I going to All these things start to take place in our minds. And if we're not careful, we will structure our lives so that we don't have time for the quiet, the one-on-one. And so standing at the watch post is, is in effect, saying that I will tune out everything else. I am so committed to this, I will But I will get quiet before the Lord. I will take the time for thinking, for observing, for pondering, for listening. Don't need to be busy all the time. Whatever it takes. And that might be the greatest challenge that some of us have in the year 2020 is taking the time to get quiet before the Lord. But he said, I'll do it. So I will stand at my watch post and I will station myself on the tower and I'll get quiet. And he says this, and I will see what he has to say to me. The first place that we start is before the Lord. What does the Lord have to say? What has the Lord already instructed me? As I have, as I have, as we have grown up with the word of God within us, what does the word of God say to us? What have I been instructed to do? God, I want to begin with you. So, again, the challenge is this. I don't want to start 2020 with making my own declarations and making my own resolutions and making all of these goals and then coming along and saying, okay, God, now, you've seen what I want to do. Would you bless that? Would you now endorse what I've already said I'm going to do? It's kind of the opposite. I want God to be the one that speaks to me. What's interesting, though, again, if you go to, to the Hebrew, it literally could mean this. What he will say in me. I want to go before the Lord and see what he will say in me. In other words, God speaking to my heart. It's what ancients used to call or how they understood it, the word desire. Right? So desire, the Latin word, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't looked at this in a while, but desire literally means from the heavens or from the stars or from above. And they believe that those desires that you spent time going through this process, the desire of your heart was in most likely from the Lord. And so it could be translated that way, that God is speaking to us, to our heart, right? The call, the call, the call. What what is that in my life? And am I willing to go there? Quite often, the call of God in my heart is beyond what I typically start with. We've been talking about this on Wednesday night in peak of the week. In a pit with a lion on a snowy day uh, from, from the Old Testament. And it usually involves calculated risk. And so when I put together my thinking about the new year or goals that I want to have, they tend to be a little uh, mediocre. 
They tend to be a little safe. But God, typically, when He comes along and plants those desires, it's beyond what I thought. And I said, whoa, I'm not sure about that. He comes to Abram and says, I want you to go to a land that I will show you. Right? I would say, okay, could you go ahead and map that out first and tell me exactly so I can put it on the GPS and I know how long it's going to take and I know where the rest stops are and where we're going to eat lunch. God said, no, just go. Just go. So God, when He comes along, again, typically is going to lay something on us that is beyond what we initially had thought about. That's what He says. What will He say in me? And so the Lord replies. Here's what He says. Write it down. Write down the revelation. I don't know if you've ever thought about that particular discipline, but write it down, write it down, write it down. If you, even if you have to seal it up so nobody else sees it, put it in a drawer, but write it down. It's amazing how many things tend to come true if you just write it down. Because when you get to my age, I, if I don't write it down, what? You know what I'm talking about. We forget. Write it down. Write it down. But here's the way he said it. Write down the revelation and make it plain. Make it plain. How's this going to happen? How's this going to come about? Now, you don't, wanna, you don't want to fill it up to so much detail that you lose, you lose room for faith. But God said, here it comes. Now, write this down. And I want you to make it plain. How's it going to happen? What steps need to be taken? What will happen when I get to the first level? What needs to happen next? Write it down and make it plain. Now, watch what he says here. It's got to be easy to understand and complete, but write it down so that, and, and some of your translations may say the herald, but the one who runs, write it down so that he may run who reads it. In other words, so that you are able to communicate this to others. Able to communicate to others so that that person is taking it down the street, down the road, out of the country, and they can communicate the revelation. Make it simple enough so that you can quickly tell somebody else they get it and they're going to be able to run with it. See, what are our goals at Heartland Church of Christ for 2020? If we can't say it very plainly and very simply, we don't get it. Right? And that's one of the things that we're working on with these, these particular banners. How do you communicate that to the entire congregation quickly and simply and plainly so that you hear and say, I got that. I can sure tell somebody else about it. Most churches are not able to communicate their vision to each other. It gets too complicated. So what is your revelation for 2020 that you can express to somebody else they can listen to and go i got that okay that's what god's telling them now let's quickly finish the rest of this for the revelation awaits its appointed time awaits its appointed time probably not going to happen today Probably not going to come to fruition tomorrow. May not happen for a while, but there is an appointed time where it will come about. But now remember, you've already said, I will. 
I will. Whatever it takes, I will. So what that means in the interim is, I must make sure that I am consistent, persistent, continuing on, continuing on, even when I hit a roadblock, even when it looks like things aren't working out for me, even when it looks like God may have abandoned this particular plan. If you've lived very long in life, you know what that feels like. I will continue because there is an appointed time. May not be today. It might be today. But there is an appointed time. That's all in God's hands. I don't worry about the appointed time. I worry about what I'm doing and am I faithful to the revelation. And I will. There's something freeing about just saying that. I will. Well, have you seen any results? Has it come about yet? No, not yet. It's an appointed time. But I will continue. So that he may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of an end. And it won't prove false. Okay? This is, this is so valuable. It speaks of the end. What's your end result? What's the end goal? What is it going to look like when this is done? Right? So when God laid out the revelation... That was plain. Somebody could run with it. It talked about the end. Isn't it Stephen Covey in one of his seven habits of highly effective people that says begin with the. Come on, say you read the book. Begin with the end in mind. That's where you begin. How many times have I in my life just been plugging along? I don't know what this is going to end up looking like. But he says it speaks of an end. And that end will not prove false, or it will not lie to you, or it will happen. So I want to learn how to picture what the end is. Where am I going? What will this church look like when we get there, wherever there is? What will, what will we look like? How will we behave? What things will we be involved with? How full will this be? How many services will we have? How many Bible classes? How many new members? How many new disciples? What will it look like? So it's the end in mind, and it won't prove false. And though it linger, wait on it. We've got to wait on it. Even though we live in a microwave society, we've got to wait on it. It will certainly come, and it won't delay. Let me leave you with, with two other verses to think about in, in regards to that. No, I've got one more slide. Here's the importance of vision. I'll just go through this quickly. When I get the vision, it gives me direction. I know where I'm going. I'm not sure exactly how it might work out, but I know I'm going this direction. Whatever it is in life. Again, I want you to be thinking individually, family, business, church. It gives me direction in life. But, oh, I love this. I got the vision. I got passion. Ever talk to somebody that, you know, has... has found a product that's worked in their life and it's given them energy or weight loss, they'll just talk your ear off about it, right? They're just passionate. And you, you talk to them, you think, and the next Sunday you see them and they're talking about it again and you, you walk away going, is that all they think about? That's all they think about. That's all they think about. They get up in the morning, they are passionate about it. That's what vision does. It gives you a passion. Not only that, it motivates you. When the challenges come, when the trials come, that's what vision does. They're going to be rocky. I don't know what's 
the word I'm looking for? Rocky things that happen to us. There are going to be bumps in the road. Again, in all areas of life, are you motivated? But it helps us do this. It helps me to prioritize. Have you ever had difficulty? Now, if you're sleeping, wake up on this one. You ever had difficulty saying no in life? Part of the reason is, don't have a vision. I don't know what to say no to. I don't know what to say yes to. I don't know what to say no to because I don't have a, a, a vision in life. But it also helps, helps to discipline me. But here's the last one. Vision is one of the keys to our entire life. We know where we're going. It keeps us on track. It's one of those things that keep us motivated to keep going in life. Now, I'll leave you with two verses to think about. Isaiah chapter 43. I didn't get these on, on the slide. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, if you want to write this down. Here's what it says. Forget the former things. Right? Those things that have happened in the past. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Here's what God says. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. And you don't even perceive it. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is, I think, very important when we, when we talk about vision. i got to let go of the past. How many of us are hung up on what happened yesterday, yesteryear? Right? Well, that's just, that's just me. That's just who I am. Can't, I, you know, I've just made too many mistakes and I just pulled this one from Isaiah. I could have pulled six or eight other verses from Scripture to say we've got to let go of the past. God has always been in the business about creating new. Problem is, we tend not to believe it or we tend, to, we tend not to say, I will. Hey, I know that's been the past, but you know what? This year, I will. Other verse is this. Galatians 6, 9 and 10. Paul writes this. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time. Or I like the translation that says, for in due season. We will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. There's a day coming. There's a day coming. Due season. Due season is coming. You've got to think about it in the, in the realm of agriculture. I'm going to plant. Right? I don't give up. I don't see the, you know, I don't get the fruit today. I don't get it tomorrow. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. So, I want us to be people of vision. I want you to be thinking about what it is for this year in your life. What is it that you believe God is leading you in that direction? And it starts today by saying, I will. It's a gutsy move. It calls for your courage. It means you've got to step out of your box. Sometimes it means... I don't even know what's coming next, but I've already made the commitment, I will. See, that's what Jesus said when he came to earth. 
You know that means you're going to be crucified. I will. You know that means you're going to be tortured. I, I will. You know there are going to be a lot of people later on, or even, even, in, even in your own time, but later on, who will reject what you've done. I will. There's something freeing about it. But I want to encourage us to start with, I will. I will. I will. And then we'll just give the results to God. So if that's what you've been struggling with, this idea of committing to, you know, I don't know my past, I don't know exactly what it looks like, whatever the excuse, whatever the reason, man, let's start this year by just saying, I will. If we can pray for you today, maybe today the decision of I will is you give your life to Jesus. Confess His name, repent, and be baptized. Maybe that's the best I will that you could make today. Stop stop saying I can't. Stop saying God can't. We will. By God's grace, it will happen. But it takes a commitment from us. Let's stand and sing together.